Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the Rundown with the biggest stories of the day from Jason and John on 92.9 FM ESPN. First story. Penny Hardaway and the Tigers got a big one tonight down in Denton, Texas. <laughs> Tigers 18-6. and six. They're 7-4 and four in the American. They're looking up. Remember, we discussed this with Mark yesterday. It is critical that at least... You move up when the rest of the season, hopefully, you know, you're talking six and one or five and two into this, only you know, seven and oh, if, if possible. But you have got to get up into that top four of the AAC where you've got essentially what is a double bye, right? You cannot be, and you, you don't want to give yourself extra games in the AAC tournament. Uh, number one, based on the talent level, but number two, you'll just make things harder in the sense that if you do put yourself in a position where Okay, you're still on the wrong side of the bubble. The games that you've won aren't impressive enough down the stretch here, and you've got to win that tournament to get in the in, – and you want to make it the easiest road possible. So critical in doing so that you beat teams that are beneath you, as North Texas is, and yet this UNT team is still a one-and-a-half-point favorite. We've been telling you all week Ken Palm had it as a four-point game and that it's very likely the Tigers are going to be underdogs in both games this week. I say that's a good thing. Because as I've watched this Memphis team under Penny Hardaway for now, what, six seasons, five and a half, essentially six seasons, uh, they have operated better uh, when it comes from a narrative standpoint, when it comes to a flow standpoint, it seems like to me when their backs are against the wall, when something has to change. And, of course, the Tigers, something did have to change uh, as the Tigers really spoiled everything they did uh, in the non-conference with that four-game losing streak. And so it's really back against the wall, as Penny uh, phrased it earlier this week in his radio show, It's Do or Die Time. You have to beat a North Texas team that you know, uh, and Mark made a good point of this. You, if, if you look at this team, they're banged up in the backcourt. They've dropped three of four, or excuse me, four of their last five, and yet they're favored. They're favored because their style has been effective this season. And in their wins this year, listen, when, when North Texas has won, they've won with, you know, they've won pretty convincingly. We told you, we mentioned it earlier in the week, they run the slowest pace in college basketball, and they're going to be looking to slow it down. However, as Mark pointed out to me yesterday, uh, point guard Reuben Jones, uh, one of their studs, has played just once since pulling his hamstring in a win over Wichita State on January 4th. And fellow starting guard C.J. Nolan has missed UNT's last three games with a pulled groin. Ross Hodge, the head coach at UNT, first-year head coach, has said that uh, basically they're day-to-day. So whether or not they go is still up in the air. In the meantime, though, and even without them, they have been, well, I'll tell you, they've lost four or five. Um, they've been relying on this sophomore guard, Jason Edwards, a six-foot sophomore guard who leads the team in scoring, uh, even as, as much as they've depended on those starters, 18.1 points per game. And this Jason Edwards kid hit UAB and South Florida for 31 each in back-to-back games. So he is capable, even if those other guys are down. What I tell you, listen, 
you look at this team, you say Tigers should beat them. Hopefully what you've seen the last three games from the Tigers continues to translate like you've, you've turned a corner. But what I'm telling you is, I mean, we've also seen this team lose to South Florida and to Rice, and we've seen them allow guys to get hot. And so underestimating this team just because they've got a couple of guys down or one of these starting guards down uh, would be silly at yeah. this point, especially coming off. Listen, I know it was uh, it was relatively convincing uh, for Memphis in their last game against uh, Tulane, but you still gave up, what, 40-something, what was it, 46, 48 points in the second yeah. half. And so defensively, there's still, still things to tighten up. This is what I want to focus on for Memphis right now, who's sitting at 76 in the net, North Texas 80. You have a big three. Realize that now? Yes. It's become obvious that David Jones... Javon Quinterly and Naquan Tomlin, who has these last few games become more and more comfortable. They talked about that on the radio show as well, where he was the guest on Monday. But you're seeing more production out of him, and more importantly from Memphis, you're seeing it figure out how to use him and how to best utilize him. This is my point on a big three in college basketball. Last year was a big two. And the great thing was about last year's team was you had Kendrick, you had DeAndre, and everybody else knew their role. It's fallen behind those guys. What I'm saying right now is that, and, and, and maybe this is happening before us so when we talk about how it's looked a little bit better in terms of flow, you, you have to realize that you have three top guys, and the Jaquan Waltons and the Jonathan Pierres and, frankly, everybody else, uh, from Malco to, to Nick Jordan, has to fall in line behind those guys. The time for selfishness, like we saw through the 10-game winning streak that Penny Hardaway was saying, hey, we're winning, but this is happening behind the scenes, right, that it, that it, it continued into the four-game losing streak. Now that it's do-or-die time, and Penny says, you have, to, you, you have to set that to the side. It can't be about Jaquan Walton still getting shots, right, so he can show that I'm a pro. to the, Those days are done. You, you, we had that time. For a while, there was going pretty good, right, trying to figure out the pecking order. Oh, this guy can beat you. This guy can beat you. What this team has got to realize, in, in, in addition to has to be a better effort defensively every night, is that we got a big three offensively, and we need to fall behind these guys. That makes it easier when it comes to things like chemistry, when it comes to trying to get on a run that you're not, okay, well, maybe this guy's going to be hot tonight, you know? Uh, is Jonathan Pierre going to be the guy that lifts us up tonight? No. It needs to be these three and everyone else falling behind in that order. And if you do that... I'm with I'm I'm with you know we talked with Mark yesterday. He's optimistic about maybe six and one over this final seven. I'm not as optimistic just because again you you know that Tulane team went off. Now that is the highest scoring offense I believe in the AAC. Tulane can do that to you, but we've seen that time after time for the Tigers where they're giving up forty burgers and a half, or in some cases two of them and a half. So still needs to be some tightening up defensively. Again, this will not be a high scoring game because UNT is not it's. It's just not going to allow you to do that. They're going to play slow. But underestimating this team and looking to this SMU game that is a quad one game, this this uh, UNT game, a quad two at this point, at the, UNT at 80. You need them in the top 75 for this to be quad one. So it isn't one right now. But looking ahead to the one that is SMU would be a mistake here. Um, uh, listen, UNT can play you tight. 
Uh, and they may again tonight because of how slow a pace they're going to be looking to play. And if this kid Edwards comes out hot, or if you're not guarding him on the perimeter, you don't have a guy like Caleb Mills that you got that you can say go shut him down, and you allow him to go off, you're going to find yourself in another dogfight. And again, dogfights are not what you need right now. You need convincing victories. You need these two road victories to offset mm-hmm. the USF and Rice losses at home. You frankly, you, you, anything that's quad two, quad one, you got to eat up right now. Yep. And these road opportunities are going to be that for you. And so it, it all sounds simple from a from an on paper and a narrative standpoint. Hey, just get behind the big three. But one thing we've known too is that you haven't just gotten a consistent Javon Quinterly all season long. Like asking, okay, these big three are just going to be great. All they right? They've got to be consistent as well the rest of the way. Their play has been better. So hopefully it continues for the Tigers tonight. We mentioned it. UNT, one-and-a-half-point favorites. Said it yesterday. I like the Tigers in this spot. Backs against the wall, knowing they needed to move up. And, again, you have got to uh, – uh, the conference looks done in terms of winning it. South Florida still just got the one conference loss. But you have got to get up into that top four. And, again, what are the five of these next seven are against teams that are above you? Got to take care of the ones that are below you. UNT is that. So, Tigers need to take care of business tonight down in Denton, Texas, against UNT, and then we can talk about start talking about tomorrow how big a game Sunday you know, wraps up to be. Next story. Tonight is the night for Caitlin Clark to oh, likely yes. get the award. The I guess there's no handout. There's no trophy for this, but she's eight points shy of Kelsey Plum's record for the most points in the NCAA women's scoring record. It's All-time happening tonight. List. Tonight's going to be the night. She averages over 30. She just needs eight to get that. Now, you asked me off the air. So, so tonight... Assuming she does what she does, yeah, lowest scoring games twenty one this year. She needs eight. You said she's yes. getting it. She's at home at Carver Hawkeye Arena, of course, where Iowa plays, and the tickets are going for four to five hundred bucks, especially lower, a little bit more than that, even for some. They're going to pack the house. Now, you asked me off the air about Pete Maravich. I found this. Oh, good. Caitlin Clark six one hundred and forty eight points shy of Pete Maravich's record. She moved into fourth place on the all time list at the end of January against Northwestern. She's fourth right now. Now those are tight margins. Based on her thirty two point one per game, five games away from becoming the all time NCAA Division one basketball holder. That's now, crazy. Your next question is okay, Brad. What is that game? It is the regular season finale game on March third. D- this is amazing that she's going to go down as the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball. But what is more amazing, I don't think enough people are talking about, is that what you just laid out. She is on pace to pass Pistol Pete for Pistol all Pete. time. The Pistol Pete record is unbelievable. And they're both great, and they're both amazing. She's going to be the all-time Division yes. One leading scorer, yes. male or female. Yes. Star. March 3rd is when that's expected to happen if she's on pace. And she is like a rock. I mean, you can count on her for 32 almost every game, 30-plus every game. Iowa has six regular season games remaining before the Big Ten tournament. That begins on March 6th. So essentially, all these games, by the way, a lot of them are going to be on Peacock, especially her her Big Ten games. She's going to be on national TV a lot. So we're going to get to watch history here, Jason. The Athletic had some nice insight from uh, Chantel Jennings, who covers, uh, she's the Athletic senior writer for the WNBA and women's college basketball. She offered this insight. She's one of the most prolific offensive weapons we've ever seen in college hoops. The first women's player to total 3,000-plus points and 1,000-plus assists. Mm-hmm. See, she certainly belongs in the conversation with the other greats. Maya Moore, who went 150-4 and four at UConn. Cheryl Miller, Reggie's uh, older yeah. sister. Isn't Cheryl older than Reggie? 
Remember how much of a stud she was at USC? Once older scored 100. Older or younger? So, That's I, a good I thought, question. I think, she, I think she's older. I could be wrong on that. Okay. It really doesn't matter. That's all right. That both of the Millers were out. Yeah, they she, were both outstanding. And she, she was a stud at USC, yes. but I want to say she scored 100 some points in a high school game, yes. too. Uh, Cheryl, we are talking the greats of women's basketball here. Maya Moore, Cheryl Miller, Brianna Stewart, who won four national titles. That's where Chantel holds up Caitlin. Now, the one thing Caitlin doesn't have that all of those did is the national title. Yep. And so that'll be the the pressure that's on her. But it doesn't, Brad, it doesn't feel like there's there's much pressure as it relates to breaking this woman's scoring no. record. She only needs eight to nine. It sounds like she's going to get pistol peaked. As long as she doesn't the get pressure injured will be or on something crazy a title. happens. And the title and just stay healthy and get into the Big Ten tournament. Now, the interesting thing, and I think you'll be you'll be interested in this, because Pete played in a – she really is the best of all time, and here's why. And the Sporting News lays this out. The three-pointer, plenty of, of the Maravich's record were all free throws. He was just getting to the free throw. He was getting to free throw, getting free throw. Um, when he was playing, the three-point rule was not yet established. I was going to say, he didn't have the three. Though it has been used as an experiment in a handful of games over the years, the three-point would not become a full-time part until the 87 season. Therefore, all of Maravich's points came by going one or two points at a time. Clark has drained 478 three-pointers. Could be an advantage for her. It's a huge advantage. Free throws. Maravich was constantly at the free throw line, averaging 13.9 free throws per game and made 10 a game for a total of about 900 points. Clark has made plenty of shots from the line, though she has not nearly as many opportunities as Maravich. She's averaged 6.8 free throws. Oh, well, that's a major difference. Okay, Maybe so, that does offset So, in other in words, Maravich's strategy based on not having a three-point line was different based on not having a three-point line. So we say, yeah, he didn't have the three-point line, but the dude was getting hacked all the time because he's driving to the bucket, driving to the bucket, driving to the but bucket. But if he had had the three-point line, had a though, three, what would it maybe those like? free throws come down a little bit, but they're not coming down to a point where he's not shooting any, and he would have added three-pointers. I still yes. think... I, I, Here's another one, though. Shooting percentage. This is where the lack of a three-point line likely helped Maravich. Though he was no stranger to attempting long-range shots, right. the game was he played did. differently, prompting more shots from inside the present-day three-point line. Which got more fouls. And he had a field goal rate. Here's his, free, here's his field goal rate. was 43.8. You, you think that's a lot, but this is inside of the three-point arc. 43.8 is, is, is amazing, but it's low considering... The dude is taking shots mostly. No, this is inside the arc. Inside 43. the arc. 43.8 is low. His, that's free, low throw, his free throw rate was 77.5, and you go, Brad, that's kind of low. So that seems kind of low. The other thing for Maravich, segregation. There was still plenty of segregation in college basketball when Maravich played in the SEC. Kentucky, for example, didn't have a black player appear on the court until the 70-71 season. Um and that that so, that does matter. So I'm. This that is Caitlin all, is going yes. against. She's going against the competition full slate of eligible players. Whereas Maravich, as the Sporting News points out, played in an era of, of segregation where likely many of the best athletes were not allowed to play at the college game. So that I does, thought that was pretty late. Well that, laid out. That absolutely matters. Yeah. So actually, I, it does. It changes. It sort of changes my thinking on. Yeah. You know, her breaking his record, him not having a three point line, and whether that's. You know, as great as what he did, it yeah. it, 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 it makes me think it is. It makes me think it's because in I was, some ways it's greater. I didn't know I had not, some of the particulars I, until I started reading this when, and thinking about it. When you factor this in, you're factoring in the fact there's no three point line, right. the points themselves. But I had not factored in previous to this conversation the idea that she is going against. In many cases, look at the LSU team she faced last year. LSU, the black athlete that comes mm-hmm. and obviously, yes. if nothing else, has made the game better. Obviously, now you see black athletes uh, uh, all over the court. 
court. Yes. And so that, not having that for Pistol Pete. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it changes the level of accomplishment, I think, in many ways. You weren't yeah. playing what was all, what, what ever, all that was available yeah. back then. And when I watch the women's game now in 2024, Jason, it's a different level now than ever before. I mean, well, these, the, the, these are superior athletes. There, well, there's more of a platform ESPN's gotten behind them, but it can't just be about you showing that there has to be stars. And yeah. whether it's Kaitlyn or Reese at LSU, they have provided that. Now, Kaitlyn's gone. <laughs> she's gone in terms of the, her, her star. It's risen. Last year, you remember, Reese got the better of her. Yep. They win the title at LSU, wins the title. But, I mean, my gosh, just in terms of individual, I, I've never seen anything like it. And, yeah, it feels like more people should be talking about breaking Pistol Pete's record than yeah. just the this one that she's going to break tonight. But just needs eight points, huh? Eight is also Yeah, that's going tonight. down tonight when her season low is 21. Yeah. So, shout out to, uh, shout out to Kaitlyn, man. She's... She's unlike anything we've ever seen. She needs that title, though. Yeah. She's going to be up there with the Maya Moores and Brianna Stewart's and the and the Cheryl Millers. That's she's got to get it. She's got to add a title the to title it. And would apparently, put apparently, it over the apparently, I, I read a little bit about it at the Athletic mm-hmm. this morning. This Iowa team more balanced. They're banking on than last year's okay. squad that that didn't win it. And so mm. that's the hope is that she's got a little more help this year. So Next Kayla Clark story. is going to be your all-time leading Division One scorer by the time it's said and done. Yep. Uh, overall, men's and women's, it's pretty. Uh, it is pretty phenomenal. All right, what the heck is wrong with Isaiah Stewart, uh, the Pistons forward who at one time went after LeBron? You probably remembered it. Um, got pretty nasty too. I mean, tried to. Um, this is wild. This tried, story tried to go full court to get at LeBron and yeah. everything else. People trying to stop him and they couldn't. Yesterday, he was arrested for assault for punching Phoenix Suns center Drew Eubanks at the arena. Before the teams played, this actually happened hours before. Uh, reading from the story over to ESPN, Phoenix police said Stewart was issued a citation released. He was already listed as out for the game because of a, left, a sprained left ankle, so he wasn't going to play. Eubanks had six points, eight rebounds in 18 minutes last night for the Suns in the 116-100 victory. It was still tense, though, because you saw like Devin, the, the tempers were still up. Devin Booker ended up getting tossed in that game. Um, you know, It sort of seemed to spill over a little bit into the game. Eubanks said before the game that the altercation happened as he was coming into the arena. He said an argument started, and they were chest-to-chest before he knew it. Stewart threw the first punch. Security intervened. Eubanks said he was fine, uh, was fine for the game, obviously played, though police did say he suffered a minor injury. The attack on Drew Eubanks was unprovoked, and acts of violence such as this are un- unacceptable, is what the Suns said in a statement, yep. which uh, their former coach, Monty, had a problem with. We'll, we'll get to that here in a sec. Uh, in a second, they uh, the Suns went on. We un- unequivocally support Drew, and we'll continue to work with law enforcement and the NBA. Pistons said they're aware of the incident, but Monty, who it does get, is fired by Phoenix last season. Now the Detroit coach said that Phoenix went too far in terms of saying it was unprovoked. Said let the NBA investigate and everything else. There might have been a reason here. He says I know the Suns said it was unprovoked. I think it that is respons- irresponsible for sure. You really don't know. I do wonder what in the world Eubanks could have said or anything else that would provoke such a reaction from Stewart. Stewart is the one with the history of being, at least at times, a hothead. Mm -hmm. So you wonder, was it something small he said? Did Eubanks give something? Because, again, if you're going to go to punch, it feels like you have to have seriously crossed the line. So for the Suns to say unprovoked, 
as if it's you know the the investigation's already happened or you you've got a pretty good idea that Drew had nothing he said nothing didn't you know and you know didn't do anything to to invite this on that's and then we find out he did that's going to be a bad look as Monty said that said I can sort of understand Monty too having an axe to grind with that organization after being fired well, what's what's yeah, what wild. is apparent is that Isaiah Stewart will clock you yeah. and it doesn't matter if you are uh, a face of the league, LeBron James, or freaking Drew Eubanks, who, you know, athletic center for Phoenix that is at, at the other end of the spectrum, basically, from LeBron James. You cross uh, Isaiah, he's coming for you. So I think that everything's cool with Monty. They did a video tribute during the game, like after oh, the Oh, I game. didn't see that yeah. part. So they did a full-blown video tribute Yeah, we Monty. fired you, and here's your tribute. And then Devin Booker, after the game, was talking about, like, Monty and his impact on his life. And so they were, they were pretty chummy about the whole deal. The wild thing is how badly it's gone for Monty and the Detroit Pistons, and, and this is just part of that story, it feels like. They're, they're terrible. Uh, Kevin Durant responded, keep the game first. There's a lot of noise. It's unfortunate what happened before the game. It's supposed to be a brotherhood, but I also understand dudes get into stuff. Yeah. We try to avoid that in this league. Hopefully we can move on from it. We all support Drew Eubanks. Poor Drew Eubanks. I guess he was good enough to go. Yikes. I didn't notice that uh, you know he had a black eye or anything last night when he played, although That's police it. said he was injured in the thing. I, I, somebody got to slow down Isaiah Stewart. <sighs> if, these, if this arrest does not. Um, anyway, crazy story from before the game. Isaiah Stewart attacking uh, Drew Eubanks at that point. I got I got one more before we get to. We got time before we get to Joe Thousand. Next story. Um, we'll touch on this a little bit later. I, the 49ers have fired defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Yeah. Okay. For after one season, uh, Steve Wilkes was fired. And on the surface, you watch that 49ers defense the entire playoffs, and they were giving up huge yards left and right against the run. And it felt like a team that, you know, maybe from a, a, a an analytic standpoint all season long had sort of, you know, shown signs of this. They were still, in terms of yard rushing yards allowed, third in the league, you know, at under, I believe it was 90. I think Bears were first, mm-hmm. nine, you know. And so so while some aspects of their 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 run stopping had had fallen off under, under Wilkes, man. Looked good in the Super Bowl. I mean, well, they were stopping well, Pacheco, and especially early. Yeah, right? but then, then uh, you can say that that, and especially after Greenlaw goes out, I mean, things opened yeah. up, and Patrick did beat him with the legs. That was and the then problem. We, we saw Detroit gash him. Yep. We saw Green Bay. You're right, gash him. Yep. But all of that said, it was the 49ers' offense, and then Shanahan's decision. That's right. To receive the ball first, give it to the goat last, that cost you more than your defense did. <laughs> right. How many points did KC score? I mean, it, 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 that that was a game that your offense should have run off yeah, with in the first half. Yeah, that's fair. And so, again, this that was has, an offensive game miss. It, yes. I mean, you probably know the word that's about to come out of my mouth, but this does feel scapegoatish because I listen. I'm not naive enough to think that you're going to fire Shanahan. No, but. What 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 I do know is that Steve Wilkes' defense was not the problem. And the Athletic and ESPN, they have done a fine job going out of their way to to show you where the 49ers slipped, like some of the bad stats. Right. You, you dip into the real metrics, you can find it. But like I said, if you just look at rush yards per game, yeah. it was better. And and listen, if you compare ESPN had this. If you compare Steve Wilkes one year to D'Amico Ryan's two years, here's what you get. Wilkes' defense was better in points per game. Okay, 17.5 to 18.9 for D'Amico. Opponent yards per game, 
303.9 to 305.3. So a couple yards better. And takeaways. Now, that that includes two years for D'Amico, but my point is D'Amico went on to be a head coach. You are firing a guy who, by st- you know, in the one-year average, was better than D'Amico's two years and saying – He's the, he's the guy. This is the head that's got to roll. I understand, again, in the context of 49ers blew it, somebody's head's got to roll. It's not going to be Lynch, and it's not going to be Shanahan, so somebody's got to go, okay, you gave us with your slippage defensively, especially against the run, you gave us the reason to do it to you here, but he is not the reason they lost the Super Bowl. He is not. And so it's, 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 it's silly. Now, again, they, they're coming off having Robert Sala, head coach. D'Amico Ryans goes on to head coach. And Steve Wilkes, again, you know, you, there was a drop-off defensively, and, and you're in a spot where someone's going to have to get fired after you lose that Super Bowl. But, nah, man, his defense wasn't the issue. And there's absolute th- there, there is absolute some scapegoat going on uh, with this. Now, again, some of the players seem to be on board with this, uh, whether it was Bosa or some others, Fred Warner. You know, Fred Warner was a little bit more complimentary of what Wilkes had done, but none of them seemed to be – you know, they understand it's a business or whatever else. It didn't seem like there was a ton of player reaction. That, right. Oh, you're firing the wrong. They're, they're going to roll with it here. Yeah. But I tell you, man, Shanahan's the one that blew this one, uh, not Steve Wilkes. So that's my take on uh, on the Steve Wilkes situation. Somebody's going to, you know, prick you up what I imagine is going to be a pretty decent D.C. Maybe not. Maybe he has to work his way back, back up. That's unfortunate. Uh, his defense was solid enough. It was the offense. Uh, that led him down, let that team down the first half, not run away with that game. We're going to talk to Joe Theismann, ask him what he thought about the Super Bowl. Uh, He is up for the AutoZone Liberty Bowl's Distinguished Citizen Award. He's going to be receiving it on June 2nd. That was announced earlier this week. We're going to talk to him uh, uh, about that award, the Super Bowl as well. We'll touch on, obviously, what happened in KC, all that and much more, including the draft. We'll touch on uh, what he thinks of the quarterbacks we were talking about with Drew Hill earlier, see who Theismann likes. We'll do all that when we get back. You're listening to Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Joe Theismann, Super Bowl champion, former NFL MVP and college football 
Hall of Famer. And on June 2nd, here in Memphis, he'll receive the AutoZone Liberty Bowl's Distinguished Citizen Award. He joins us now. Joe, first off, congratulations, brother. Jason, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's, uh, listen to the applause. I, thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Yeah, deserved. Of course. Uh, no, and uh, it's, it's a tremendous honor. Um, you know, so many times we get uh, recognized for what happens on the field, but, you know, you try and be a, a good citizen. You try and do things that you can for the community, and I appreciate this very much. And also, I want to send uh, my best out to John and congratulations on uh, the new addition to the family and uh, wish him all the luck in the world with the little one. Oh, man, very nice of you. It's John's second child, first boy. Uh, yeah, man, but we're all we're all happy for him, and he'll certainly appreciate that, Joe. I got, I got to ask you about, about the award. When when'd you find out you were up for it? When'd you, how did you find out you won or that you'll uh, be named recipient on June 2nd? I was notified a little while ago, and uh, we've been sort of coordinating the the release date. Um, I'll be doing some stuff when we get closer to June as well. But uh, I just, I was, you know, you look at the list of people that have received this award, and it's just a, it humbles you to be a part of a, such an incredible group of people. You absolutely uh, deserved Joe Theismann, the Memphian, absolutely deserved. So we congratulate you again. And 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 I couldn't get into to, to football questions with you without, you know, first asking you about the situation. Yes, you, you've been, Joe, you've celebrated a Super Bowl. You've, you've been a part of celebrations like that, and we see tragedy unfold yesterday. Just your thoughts, man, when you, you, you saw, you know, what's supposed to be a, a beautiful, you know, sort of dreamy day, especially for those fans that went out there, and you see it turn into nightmare. Just your, your thoughts on, the, uh, on what unfolded yesterday. My heart goes out to everybody. I mean, you know, the, the Chiefs, are celebrating an incredible accomplishment, and then it something as tragic as this has to happen. Uh, you know, a loss of a life, and so many people injured. Just you're sickened by it. I mean, you're sickened by it, and you just you, you know you it's it it carries over into what's going on in life and society, and it's like man, we got to get a handle on some of this, on everything, as far as you know, just this. Um, there's tragic things that continue to occur, and it's, um, like I say, my heart and prayers go out to those people that were there, and, and the, you know, the mother, I believe it was a mother that was, was shot. Uh, I heard the news this morning. It's just, it's such an incredible tragedy uh, at, at such an event where it was supposed to be a great celebration. Yeah, 11 kids. I think about John holding that baby boy, and I think about 11 kids shot out there, and just the inherent evil, right, that must be in... Uh, people to be able to be capable of something like that. Eleven kids. Thankfully, it, it sounds like uh, at least of the eleven kids, none of them at this point are in critical. Uh, just a tragic situation. I, I, you know, I, there's no segue, Joe. But you know, Patrick Mahomes. No, but, you know, the, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, the other thing too is, you know, what what comes to my mind, what really came to my mind is why, why. Mm-hmm. What, what, every time what? we ask it, right, Joe? So what do we do? Yeah. What, I, I, don't, I didn't mean to get here, but like, so so we ask the why, and now what, right? It, so it, do we all go back to our to our holes and our jobs, you know, to, today and tomorrow, and forget about it, or or do we actually do we actually finally realize we've got to make some sort of change here in terms of from state to state, but but obviously across the country. I think so. I, I think you know. I mean, part of it. I, I guess things. Maybe things like this occurred back when there wasn't social media, when you didn't have as much coverage as we see in stuff today. I don't know whether it was or wasn't, but, you know, these things seem to garner so much attention right now. And, 
you know, I, I don't I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I don't either, Joe. What the problem is, and I don't know the answer to why. So, you know, I guess we we'll just hopefully pray that it just doesn't continue. That's um. What else can we say about Patrick Mahomes? How far up the pan- <laughs> you know do, you have to right? You have to move him up into the yeah. pantheon. I, I'm I'm sort of you know I'm I'm. I'm frustrated by the 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 Tom Brady Patrick Mahomes debate in terms of goat debate. I mean, what we're watching is obviously greatness. So was Jack Nicklaus and and Tiger Woods in terms of the greatness we were watching. But but in terms of what he's doing, making the plays when they have to, and the fr- the fact that you gave him the ball last there. Uh, what more can we say about the greatness of Patrick Mahomes? You know, I, I thought that whoever got the ball last was going to wind up winning the ball game. I mean, it's just they were two. They were those football teams were that good, Jace. They really were. And you figured, you know, one would have the opportunity. You know, it, it, what gets lost in this conversation, to be perfectly honest with you, is Joe Montana. Yes. Joe never threw an interception in a Super Bowl. You know, Tom has seven World Championships. Yes, Patrick now has three, but Troy Aikman has three. Uh, Terry Bradshaw has four. You know, it's it's like. You know, you want to you want to put him up there, and as you say, the pantheon with with Tom Brady. But there are others that are in this rarefied air as well. <clears throat> and to me, you know, Patrick's the best quarterback in football. You know, the expletives go on and on and on. He, he's a clutch guy, makes plays when he has to, makes them with his legs, makes good decisions, um, overcomes adversity, leads his team, takes it on his shoulders. I mean, all those things apply to Patrick. Um, you know, in this game, it was even though San Francisco was favored and I picked them to win, I said it. I basically said in every interview I did, if the Kansas City Chiefs win, I wouldn't be surprised because you know they have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I tell you what, Chris Jones ends up making a heck of a difference too. Just, that that KC defense all season long, you could make a case it was the MVP. Not just you know in that game and Chris Jones making a huge play, um, but obviously that KC defense all year long was fantastic. Well, Chris Jones, I mean, look what look what the Chiefs were without him in the beginning of the year when he held out, hundred percent. And then look at him when they had him. You know, there's there's always you know people say it is a team sport, but there are individuals that can impact the outcome of a game, and affect the team concept. Gotta have them. Chris Jones is one of those guys. Patrick Mahomes is the other. And Travis Kelsey. I mean, you, you go back to, you go back to the uh, championship game. You know, I, I, Travis was upset. He only got one ball in the first, first half. And Andy rectified that in the second half, and look at the outcome. Yeah. Um, where are you at on Shanahan, Joe? i got to ask you about the overtime decision at that point. Are, are you putting in a decision where... You're giving Patrick the ball last. I, I understand the logic of, hey, in sudden death overtime, you know, we'll get the ball first. But is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid really going to allow you to do that? Are they going to go for two? That's certainly what Chris Jones said they were going to do, and I believe him. Did you? Th- did, you did, did Shanahan blow it? No, I don't think so. I, you know, it's it, you're going to have people that say he did. Some people say most people probably say he, he should have kicked it. But you really want to kick the ball to Patrick Mahomes in overtime? I mean, that's that's what you're faced with. You know, you defer and give them the ball. Um, you know, you hadn't you had really played that well in the second half. Now you're going to give it, you know, to him. Uh, you know, and look look where they got to. They got close. They got down, you know, down around the goal line. So, you know, to me, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with the decision to take the football. I mean, you're sending a message to your football team. I believe in you. Go get it done. 
I get it with the with the the previous rule that okay if we score a touchdown it's over but in the you know with those new rules Patrick getting it back it just uh, seemed to make more sense to get it second hand but but it, to that point uh, San Francisco should have run off Joe with the game in the first half when that defense did have Kansas City disc, Kansas City discombobulated and everything else let me let me let me turn you to to draft because I'm so interested Joe in what the Commanders are going to do. What what would you do in that front office in the sense that, uh, listen, I'm a Bears fan. It feels like the Bears own this draft, and everybody loves Caleb Williams. Sh- should they make that call to Chicago? And, and whether it's a future first-rounder or two first-rounders, you go get your guy, Caleb Williams, who, Joe, you'd know better, is from, around, is from there, I suppose, and you've got your guy? Or are you okay taking your choice between Drake May and Jaden Daniels? What should the commanders what? do? Just because he's from the area doesn't, you know, you're still oh, going to yeah. have to play oh, on the I football field. Absolutely. Fact, I, I think sometimes if you're from an area, there's more pressure on you. It's like, you know, I grew up in Jersey, and I wanted to play in Philadelphia. I wanted to play, you know, for the Giants at that time. But, you know, it, it, you think about it over time, there is a lot more pressure on the individual. Um, the fact that Cliff Kingsbury was at USC a year ago and yep. is now the offensive coordinator with the commanders, maybe that's a telltale sign that maybe they're going to go after Caleb. Um, but, you know, Jalen, Caleb, and, and Drake, you know, there are three young quarterbacks that are going to have to learn how to play in this system. Now, the one thing I look at with Caleb is Cliff, he basically understands Cliff's system. So he's going to be ahead of the curve with the commanders if they wind up with him. Mm-hmm. But like you said, this, is, this draft belongs to the Bears. They got one in nine. If they could pick something else up somewhere down the road, you know, and what do they do? They they pretty much I think ought to take a quarterback as well and and the commanders almost have to take a quarterback. You've got new ownership. There's enthusiasm. There's excitement. There's a new coach. If you draft an offensive lineman, you're throwing a little, you know, you're throwing a little water on the on the parade there yeah. a little bit. And it's like okay, you know, we we took a lineman. You don't need a wide receiver. You don't need a running back. You definitely need offensive linemen, and you can get some down the road because. You've got a lot of cap space. I think you have more cap space than anybody in football, so you can pick some people up there. Yep. And I think quarterback is the right choice. And all indications to me, I don't know anything. I want to preface that because people accuse me of knowing too much. <laughs> I don't know anything. The bottom line is, is it looks to me like it might be Caleb Williams would be would be the logical choice. Let's put it that way. But, hey. When has football ever been logical? Never, and and I tell you, and you know this. It's been a long time since the Bears had a had a real franchise quarterback. A lot of people say you got to go all the way back to to Sid. So let me ask you this: You're the perfect guy to ask you to play it at the highest level. How much of this is about? Because I tell you, haven't watched the Bears. You spent high draft picks on Trubisky, and you did it with Fields. And while we can all sit up here and put it on those guys, obviously the Bears, Joe, they didn't have good plans for either one. And I, I would tell you, there's a you know there there is a path where I think Justin Fields probably is successful in Chicago. Didn't think they had a great plan. So how much is about the culture and the development of the quarterback, and about and and then the other part, obviously the guy himself. I mean, if you just drop Caleb Williams into a bad situation, is he necessarily going to succeed because he's so good? Is it a fifty fifty proposition? How good does the culture, the coaching, and the development have to be? I think they have. I think they have to be in sync with one another. Uh, the culture has to be one which you know Dan Quinn's going to create. Uh, Ron Rivera, you know, we were short. We were short at the quarterback position. If you don't have a quarterback, you can't win. Jason. Right. Bottom yeah. line, we know if yeah. a guy and and the thing is, is if you don't protect him, he can't win. And that was one of the biggest problems that Sam Howell faced. I think he was you know either the first or second most sacked quarterback, 
that doesn't count the amount of times you get hit. Everybody says, oh, look, 70-some sacks, well, or 80, whatever the number was. How about the times you get hit? Mm-hmm. That, that's the crazy part of it. But I think that all has to do with the development of your football team. And, you know, that's what Dan wants to do. He's got to wrap his arms around what he has, uh, the players he has, the culture he wants to create. And to me, like, let's take Chicago as an example. I would draft a quarterback because I've got enough picks got a pretty good football team around him, and let Justin Fields develop. Let's see where he is at the end of this year, because it's not going to cost you any more money. The economics work in your favor to be able to go get a quarterback. And if that guy winds up being the quarterback, you're still looking at four years of economic uh, safety. So you don't have to come up with the 250 or whatever the crazy numbers are today as far as the number goes. So I think think culture is important. I think who's your offensive coordinator? What's their familiarity? with uh, the individuals that are there. What kind of offense do you want to run? I just don't see the commanders running an air raid offense. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I still think you have to be able to run the football. You look at Kansas City. Pacheco was unbelievable through the playoffs. Now, you know, Chris, uh, Christian McCafferty for the San Francisco 49ers. Look at those two football teams and their two running backs. They had a lot to do with the outcome of games. So you, you just... You just People are too good to just drop back and throw it around all over the place in yep. this in this business. Yep. Be interesting to see how it all unfolds. We're talking, of course, to uh, former NFL MVP, Super Bowl champion Joe Theismann, who's set to receive the AutoZone Liberty Bowl's Distinguished Citizen Award on June 2nd at the Hilton Memphis Hotel. Were you as surprised as I was, Joe, that I guess we had eight open spots, but one of them obviously is the Patriots, that Bill Belichick isn't in one of those spots? I not really. Uh, I, I think the spot had to be the exact spot for both the owner and, and Bill. Um, certainly, if he wants to coach next year, I think there's going to be opportunities, because there always is. You know, we see about six coaches every year, at least, winding up getting fired. So there'll be other opportunities. But, you know, Bill Bill ran the organization for so many years in New England, handled the draft, coached the football team, did all those things. Um, was anybody willing to give up that much power? As ownership, that's why the Jerry Jones conversation in Dallas made no sense to me whatsoever. But I think that Bill, I think Bill will find a home. I think he wants the record. Um, I think he wants to go someplace where he has to believe he has a quarterback who can play because that was the problem in New England. You know that that did that didn't turn out very well. But I think he'll be back, and it it, it really didn't necessarily surprise me because everybody's gone young. Look at the age of these quarterbacks, most yep. of them, or, the, or these coaches, most of them. Uh, the other thing, too, about the AutoZone Liberty Bowl Award is the proceeds go to St. Jude. And St. Jude is very near and dear to all of us here in Memphis. Uh, they're near and dear to my heart. Uh, as a matter of fact, if you go to my website, com, people send me trading cards and pennants and helmets and footballs for me to sign. And I, I do them gladly. And all I ask for is a donation to St. Jude. Um, and and, and all, all the money, all the money goes to St. Jude, and it, to me, you know, it's it's just an incredible place. It's it's a place where angels work and and angels survive. But and they're an absolute blessing uh, here in Memphis, Joe. And you, as a Memphian, you you know that that's a, that's awesome of you. And yeah, we know it well, man. How many? And now now it's you know the world really knows the story. And thankfully, uh, with the help of guys like you, uh, that's that's why you're up for this award, Joe. I, I must ask you: ever have a teammate like Travis Kelsey that? You know, you loved him because he's great, right? And you, 
but but you but because of that, you also put up with the antics. I was comparing them to sort of Draymond Green with Golden State. That that incident, right, where they're frustrated, he bumps Andy Reid. I'm not sure I've seen anything like that, especially with those those high stakes. Ha, have you seen anything like that? You ever had a teammate like that where you know, yes, he's great, but you know, we sort of had to. We sort of had to put up with the antics. What did you think of that that Kelsey play? If they'd lose that game, Joe, we're talking a lot different about that bump. Yeah, they're, I mean, and, I, and he didn't do it on purpose. I think he was just so emotionally distraught about not being a part of what was going on. Um, it's like, hey, g- give me the ball. I mean, what more do you need to see from me to let you know that I really need the football to help this football team win? And I just think he got caught up in the mo- in the moment. I understand it. We We just didn't do that. When we played, you never... You never confronted a coach like they do today. And, you know, credit to Andy Reid. He's a Hall of Fame coach. And, and when he decides to leave the game, he'll immediately get into the Hall of Fame, and he deserves to be there. Yeah. But you look at, you know, Tariq Hill wasn't the easiest guy, and Andy brought him in. Michael Vick had went through some issues. Andy brought him in. You know, Andy, Andy has a way of dealing with players that's very unique. It's, it's more than just X's and O's when you're a head coach. It's how do you deal with the players? How do you get the most out of them? How do you understand who they are and what you do? You know, like Jimmy John, they asked Jimmy Johnson one day if, you know, there was some linebacker that sort of fell asleep in a meeting and he cut him. And he said, if that was Troy Aikman, what would you do? He said, I'd wake him up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, That's it. Uh, you know, you, you have to understand your football team and your players. And, you know, Andy certainly knows, you know, Travis runs hot and high. And uh, and an unbelievable football play, unbelievable. You know, and, and you know, people are talking about a dynasty. It's a dynasty. Well, what are the Kansas City Chiefs going to look like next year? Who's going to be there? Who's not going to be there? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yes, with Patrick there, it makes a world of difference. Now we've seen contracts. I assume he's got one coming up here in the not too distant future that will be monumental. It'll be it'll be it'll be Mount Rushmore when it comes to contracts. Uh, and deservedly so. Joe, we're looking forward to having you uh, on June 2nd, man, and seeing you at the Hilton Memphis Hotel when you receive the Distinguished Citizen Award. Congratulations again, sir. We appreciate your time, too. Jason, thank you so much. And, and I, like I say, I'm, I'm humbled and I'm thankful, and I appreciate the award. Always a pleasure. Joe, thank you. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. He is Joe Theismann, a Super Bowl champ, NFL MVP, and now AutoZone Liberty Bowl Distinguished Citizen Award recipient. Tickets for that June 2nd ceremony at the Hilton Memphis Hotel, 150 bucks and a table of 10. You can do for 1500 All proceeds are going, as Joe said, to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Such a great cause. Yeah. You can reserve a table or a seat calling 795-7700. Want to make sure we put that number out there. Great cause. Obviously, Joe, very deserving. 795-7700. Four tickets to reserve a table, whatever you want to do. Appreciate Joe Theismann. Disagree with him on the Justin Fields take, but I wasn't going to make this a Chicago Bears. I think that, segment. Is, that was a good way we, to we, go with that. I think it's 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 you time also, to move on from Justin Fields. Also, I noticed the answer on the overtime thing. It sounds like Joe was feeling oh, the, rules. Yeah, the I've, the Forty Nineers side of this, and I'm I, maybe I, maybe it's just the old school. You're so used to, to that it's it's sudden death. Well, it's that when you're kicking it to Patrick Mahomes, he sounded like okay. Well, Patrick can end the game with a touchdown, but that's old rules. Yeah, that's so everybody. That's, I, I think we've done it for so many years that way and i'm not saying joe is alone in this no, that's what i'm saying i mean no he gets it back now with these new rules you you get, gets everybody's seeing the ball 
and he gets all four downs right. because he knows what he has to do. Everybody's seeing the ball. And so that was a mistake by Shannon. I'm, I'm a, you, you, to, to say, though, that, to, to say, though, that this is not on him is fine. Right. We, we've talked, though, today, or we will talk. <laughs> I mean, the, to make Steve Wilkes the scapegoat, right. yes, that defense had slipped oh, in some right. areas, <laughs> but you could also make a case that over the last two years it was better than D'Amico Ryan's defense. And so, and D'Amico Ryan's, Preach. when you got a head coaching job, you make your D.C. Listen, so, someone, someone had to be fired. When you lose, it certainly wasn't going to be Shannon, the head coach. And so Steve Wilkes, whose defense and rushing, you know, you were 26th against the run. That's that's not acceptable. He, he gave them the opportunity. He becomes the scapegoat. But that was not a defensive issue. No. They should have run off from KC in the first half of that game. Appreciate Joe Theismann, and congratulations yeah, again to yeah. him on the uh, Distinguished Citizen Award from the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. And nice little shout-out for John. And young DJ too from a from, the, from a former NFL maybe. MVP. You need to you need to clip that one up, John, I actually and play put it, it in for, my notes. Play it for your son. Yeah, yeah. we've got much more, uh, including third hour. We're going to have Jeff Calkins. Much more to do. You're listening to Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.